Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Our Catholic faith is full of so many prayers and devotions. We have the Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. We have litanies. We have novenas. We have prayers to the Sacred Heart, to Mary, to the saints. But do you know what the earliest of all of the Catholic devotions is? Do you know what one of the most important of all of the Catholic devotions is? Is what we focus on in this season of Lent. It's the Stations of the Cross. How powerful this prayer is, and the Church holds up the Stations as a profound way to encounter God. And yet, I think many Catholics are not as excited about the Stations of the Cross as they could be. Maybe you felt that way before. You just feel like, wow, the stations, it's awesome. But man, it just just takes forever. It's just too long. I don't have time to do all the stations of the cross and all those prayers and standing and kneeling and signing the sign of the cross. And I don't have time to drive to the parish. And I don't like the fish fry they do afterwards anyway. So it's just, it just doesn't fit in my schedule to fit it in, to drive to the parish to do this. I don't know how I can get this in. Well, I want to encourage you that this prayer is so powerful. I talked about this last year in Lent um, because I have a, a whole a book on this topic called Pocket Guide to Stations of the Cross. And in the book, I talk about how this is the earliest of the devotions. If you think about it, Mary Magdalene and the other women, they go to the tomb on Easter Sunday. It's kind of like one of the very first kind of uh, desires to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, to see where Jesus went in his passion, where he was buried. Uh, We know that in the early centuries of the church in Jerusalem, that Christians would retrace the steps of Jesus in his passion. Uh, We have records in the 300s of the Bishop of Jerusalem going to the Mount of Olives and gathering the people there to pray and to remember Jesus agonizing in the garden. And you could hear the people wailing and crying in their in their devotions and, and weeping over what Jesus did for us all the way across to the city of Jerusalem. And then they would cross the Kidron Valley, go into the city of Jerusalem, retrace the steps of the stations, and go to Calvary and to the tomb where Jesus was buried. So it, it's an early devotion, but more, uh, more important than just being the most pristine of the Catholic devotions, I like to think of this as a devotion that brings us the deepest into Christ's love because we're looking at the God who became man, the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ. God is love, and he took on humanity to show us what love really is. And you can look at all of Christ's life and encounter that love. But as many of the saints and recent popes have talked about, the cross, the passion of Jesus Christ reveals to us the fullness of God's love for us. And so if, if we want to really encounter God, We want to really know his love better. We want to grow in love in our marriages. We want to be better dads, better moms. We want to be better friends. If we want to grow in our our spiritual relationship with God, then we want to look at all of Christ's life. But but the place we want to give the most attention and zoom in the most is the passion of Jesus. And this devotion gives us a window into God's love. It's called stations. You know, it made people wonder, why is it called stations? Well, you think about a, a station, a stazio. Uh, today, we might think of like a bus station or a train station, you're waiting for the train, and, and then you get on and you go to the next place. Well, 
it, it's a place for us to stop as we're looking at the big picture of God's love. We look at everything that's happening in Christ's passion. There's so much happening in that story. You know, that long gospel reading we have every Good Friday and every Palm Sunday. We're going through the whole passion. It just goes on and on. It's too much to take in all at once. You can't just like do that reading and then just pause and pray. Or you're not going to get the whole story as much. You'll remember aspects, but what Stations allows us to do is take that big story of Christ's passion and break it down into smaller pieces for us to meditate on, to reflect on, to enter into. So that's why I like to say they're windows into God's love for us. So we look at Jesus, you know, meeting his mother, for example, or we see Jesus being comforted by Veronica in the veil. We see Jesus falling for the third time. We, we break down the story and we, we pause, we stop, we reflect on it, and then we're asking Jesus, okay, how, how does this little insight, this little revelation of your love in this scene, in this moment of your passion, how is that inviting us to take that next step on our journey with you, Lord? So it's a station. We stop at the station, we wait, and then we're going to walk with Jesus to the next station. And we're going to walk with him for the rest of our lives, wanting to walk in his footsteps, in his amazing love for us, seen most especially in his passion. Now, I think some of us could just be, again, feeling like it's, but it just takes forever. I don't have time and it, it doesn't fit into my schedule to, to go to the parish at that time. You know, we could be creative here. We don't have to do stations of the parish. I want to encourage you all this Lent to, to try to do stations at the parish if you can. It's a, it's a great gift to do this in your community uh, with your priest, you know, so try to make it a priority to get to stations at least one time this Lent. But don't let the ideal, you know, if you can go every week, that's awesome. But don't let the ideal, the perfect, keep you from doing something really good. And that's just praying the stations. We don't have to pray the stations only at the church and with our community and in the formal service that the priest is leading. We can pray the stations in our daily lives. I remember a great Jesuit priest I lived with many, many years ago. He would pray stations just while we were driving. I would drive him to a doctor appointment. He would pray stations of the cross on the way to his doctor appointment. So we can pray it in the car. We can pray it while going on a walk. We can pray it in airports. It's something I often do is I get off a plane and I'll do stations across as I'm walking to baggage claim <laughs> just in my head. You know, I'm not kneeling down and making the sign of the cross and you know carrying a cross in a procession, but I'm praying the prayer in my heart, doing short little just just pausing and reflecting on Jesus's life. You know, we could pray it in in when we're waiting, we're waiting for our kids, picking them up at a soccer practice. I, I, I just did this recently. You're going to love this one here. I, I prayed it at the dentist. <laughs> if you're, you know, when you go to the dentist and they're, they're working on your teeth and then the, the, the person working on your teeth asks you a question and your mouth is like just wide open and, and they're, they're, they're going into your gums and all this. <laughs> and, and you can't answer the question. I don't know why they ask you questions when, when you obviously are, are not in a, a position where you can actually talk. Well, you know, you could do many things at that time. You know, many modern dentist offices have the TV screens. You can watch a movie or you can turn on music. Or you can just, you know, daydream or whatever. But that's a wonderful time. You can actually pray. Uh, so I, I just recently here at the beginning of Lent had a dentist appointment and I did stations during my dentist. And oh man, I got to tell you, when we got to, um, <laughs> it was really fa fascinating, right? When I got to Jesus's nail to the cross, that's when it hurt the most. I mean, they, they hit one spot. I started bleeding. I, it was really like a real participation <laughs> in that particular stations in, in, in a small way. So I, I just share that with you to not let the perfect, the ideal keep you 
from praying stations of the cross in your ordinary daily life. Maybe you could do, you know, stations on the way to work. Uh, I want to share with you last year, I did a bonus episode of the All Things Catholic podcast. It came out on at the very beginning of Lent, March 1st, 2022. Check it out. This bonus episode was an audio stations of the cross. It had just very short. You could do it in about 15 minutes, but it's kind of like those audio rosaries where you, you know, you're listening to the rosary while you're in the car or something. And it's the same thing. You can listen to the stations of the cross. They give very short reflections to do the stations with Our Lady in, in a way that you can just incorporate it while you're on the exercise bike or while you're going for a walk or while you're driving and running errands or on your way to work. Uh, so check that out. Last March, March 1st, 2022, you can listen to my bonus episode uh, on the audio stations of the cross. So welcome to the All Things Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Edward Sri. And uh, you can tell I'm really fired up about stations. I've been at the beginning of Lent already going and doing some parish missions. And really, I, I can tell that stations people know have some memory of it from their childhood, or maybe they've gone, but their heart isn't in it. I just want to really help bring this great tradition back to the hearts of our people today. And so what I want to do here is I'm going to share with you some insights from this book that I wrote I mentioned called The Pocket Guide to Stations of the Cross. It came out last year from Ascension Press. It has a nice little leather cover, a little ribbon that you can you know go from one station to the next, but more than the reflections on the traditional stations of the cross— I've also included a, a short little chapters on the history of how this devotion came about. I talk about the fire of divine love, that that's what we're really encountering in the stations and offer creative ways to bring it into our daily life, into our family life. Um, that's one thing I'll often do at, at, in Holy Week is lead my family around the house. We, we build our own little stations and we'll pray it at home. And again, creative ways to bring it into daily life because we want the cross on our mind on our lips, and on our heart. This is the fullness of God's love. We want to be thinking about God's love so that I can grow in love. I know that when I do stations, there's always something new to it. Like There's something that I'm working through right now or some difficulty I'm having in the office or some some challenge with one of my kids or tension in my marriage. There's really practical things that come up and I'm realizing you know, I'm, I'm being invited in all of these little crosses in my life. I'm being invited to love like Jesus loves, and I want to love him more. And, and I'm invited to love him not just in the chapel when I plan my prayer time and not just, you know, in my Bible devotion or my small group. You know, that, that's easy to encounter Jesus in those places, and it's good, and we should do that. But I'm also invited to love Jesus and to love like him in those difficult moments that come up in this life where we're going to encounter various degrees of suffering, little inconveniences, annoyances, frustrations, friction in relationships, people letting us down. Those things are going to happen in life. And then some of us are also going to encounter bigger moments of of suffering, physical suffering, the loss of a friendship, um, the loss of a job. There's those bigger crosses that come in life as well. And, And we want to put our life story in the rhythm of the stations of the cross. We want to put our life story in the story of Jesus and his passion. And so that's why I'm so excited to, to share about Stations of the Cross. So you can, uh, if you're looking for a resource on this for this Lent, you can check out my book. It's with Ascension Press. So you can go to ascensionpress.com and you can look for a pocket guide to Stations of the Cross. You can find it on Amazon, other places as well. We'll put this in the show notes as, as well for you. So today, I just want to just offer just a couple of reflections on just a few of the stations here. And again, I in my little audio stations, I do very brief. They're like 
you know, 20 second reflections here. I'm going to linger on this a little more. I want to just share with you just some of the things I tend to think about when I think about these stations and just a way to bring the story of Christ's passion into my daily life. And if, I hope it's helpful for you uh, to think about how to incorporate the stations more into your own heart. So I think about that first station where Jesus is condemned to death. I mean, here's, here's what I, I want you to reflect on is do you have times in your life where you feel misunderstood? Times when you feel not appreciated? Maybe there's certain people in your life that have a false read on you, a false perception about how you're performing at work or, you know, what you what your what your spouse, you know, thinks of you, you know, when you say something, you didn't really mean it that way, but your spouse takes it a different way or Maybe you've been falsely accused. Maybe someone just said, oh, you did this. <laughs> and, or they're criticizing you in a certain way. Like when those things happen in life, that that hurts. We can get anxious. Our reputation is at stake. Or why are these people thinking of me this way? Don't they appreciate me? How come they don't understand me? This happens all the time. It happened with one of your kids. You have to you, you have to toe the line and, and be a good parent and 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 challenge them on something or discipline them on something or not let them do something or watch something and and they're not gonna understand and they're gonna be frustrated and say, Oh, my parents are just crazy and they're so restrictive. So these things happen in life. What do we do in those moments? Well, ponder Jesus in this first station of the cross. I mean, Jesus is the divine son of God. We can't think of a more innocent person ever. He's the divine son of God. And he's so innocent, so pure, so holy, and he's being condemned? You know, another thing to think about here is he's not only the, the divine son of God and, and, and also holy, he, he's the one that's going to come at the end of time and judge the living and the dead, as we say in the creed, right? We know he's going to come at the last judgment. He's going to be the one judging all of us. He's the divine judge, and yet he's being condemned? Notice, notice how Jesus responds to all this. I mean, Jesus, do you see him defending himself? Do you see him getting angry? Do you see him getting frustrated? Oh, they don't appreciate me. I came to save them, and this is how they treat me. <laughs> does, he, does he get all defensive? No, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to you know, stir up the Jewish people. Uh, I, I'm not trying to prevent them from paying the taxes. You know, this is what he was accused of. I'm not a rebel. Uh, it, it, does, it, this is, again, what, what they were accusing Jesus of as someone who is a threat to the Roman Empire. Do we see Jesus getting all defensive here? No. So he's perfectly innocent, and he's the divine son of God, the judge, who will come to judge the living and the dead, and yet he allows himself to be falsely accused. He endures this false condemnation. What does that tell us? It tells us something about his incredible humility. And I know that's something I, I need to work on. I need to learn more. <laughs> I know that when I have someone that misunderstands me, you know, or they, they think I dropped the ball or they think I meant something, I didn't mean it that way, I can get defensive. I want to defend myself. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I want to be clear if, you know, your spouse you know, misinterpret something, you know, it might be the appropriate thing to do is say, Oh, I'm sorry, honey. I didn't, I didn't mean it that way. But there's a, that's a, that's different than saying, I didn't mean it that way. Why are you taking it that way? <laughs> you know, when, when there's misunderstandings in a friend group or in the office place, um, when people don't 
maybe, maybe we feel like they, they don't have the right perception of what we're really doing, what we're really intending, what we're really accomplishing. That can hurt. And, and we have to think prudently about how best to proceed. But I think at the foundation, we have to see these are wonderful moments where Jesus is inviting us to bring our life story into his story, to bring the hurt of being falsely accused, the hurt of being misunderstood, and, and, and turn to Jesus. He, he felt that. Imagine how he felt. And, and then to ask him to help us respond like he did. He, he didn't get all defensive. He didn't get all angry. You know, later in the Passion, he will explain himself when, when he's forced to speak. You know, most of the time he's silent. But when he does speak, he does speak the truth. And, and we may be called to do that too. But I think this fundamental attitude of humility, humility, when we're falsely accused and seeing those times when, again, a, a spouse, a child, a, a parent, a brother, a cousin doesn't understand us. You're too religious. Why are you doing, why are you living this way? <laughs> you know, or, or someone in the office place misunderstands us again. When, when those things happen, these are wonderful opportunities to not just view them as just, oh, this is a problem in my life. I got to solve this problem and I'm frustrated with this person. But we want to see first and foremost, it's an opportunity to bring it to Jesus and to unite our lives with Jesus. I want to give you one more. I'll give you one more reflection here. I'll turn to, um, let's do the third station of the cross. This is when Jesus falls for the first time. So he's been condemned. The second station was he takes his cross. But then when he's falling, he falls these three times. And I write about this in the book. Uh, We could see those three falls of Jesus on his way to Calvary as recalling the three-part fallen state of humanity. This is the insight of Pope Benedict. He said, you know, these three falls of Jesus in the stations of the cross recall the threefold fall of humanity. Uh, What St. John in his letter writes about the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So we could think about at each of these falls, we could think about one of them. We could think about the lust of the eyes. You know, am am I too desirous of possession and fame and a praise and attention. Uh, do I want? Do I want to get more things? Get more money? Get more possessions? You know. So the lust of the eyes, greed. Uh, we can think of the lust of the flesh. So that's the more physical lust of. Do I guard my eyes? Do I fall into impure thoughts in my imagination? Do Do I really try to maintain purity of heart? But I like thinking in this first fall of the foundational sin the one that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, and that is the pride of life. How many ways we fall into pride. I want to think of pride in two ways, though. Pride isn't just that arrogant person. You know, I'm right and you're wrong. That is a piece. I think that's important that we examine that because in many of our relationships, we can hold on to this is my plan. This is what I think we should do. This is what I think is the best how come you don't understand? You don't see things the way I do. <laughs> Again, I, I, I know I fall into this. I can do this with my colleagues. I can do this in my home. I can be very quick to just make a judgment. Oh, this is what we should do. Oh, here's the answer. Oh, here's how we solve this problem. Oh, here's the real issue. And then I'm, I'm like, why doesn't anyone else see this? <laughs> and then as I talk to my colleagues in the office, or I, I talk to my wife and I talk to my kids, I always learn more data points. And I realize that the people around me see things that I don't see. I have blind spots. I have my pride that keeps me from leaning on the other people around me to see the whole story. 
mean, many times, like I'll be thinking about something going on with one of my kids and, and I'll just be like, oh, we got to do this or, oh, this child needs to stop doing this. And then my wife in her feminine genius, she's just so gifted in relationship. And she just goes, well, there's more going on right now. This child's going through a difficult time because of this at school, or this is what's really happening. I think you should approach it this way. And, and I just see so much more. And it's dangerous when I just cling on to my idea. And I think I'm right. And that's one aspect of the pride of life that we want to be careful. We want to listen. We want to listen certainly to God, but listen to God speaking through the people he's placed in our life, our boss, our colleagues, our spouse, our children, our friends, and not just cling on to our perspective and our plan and what we want to do. So I think that's a good way of, one way of looking at the pride of life. And we can think about that every time we fail to listen well to the people around us, we're just adding more burden to Jesus's cross. And that's what's causing him to fall. He's stumbling under the weight of our sins. So let's be more humble and let's listen. I'm speaking to myself here. Uh, I know I need to grow in this area, but there's another way of falling into the pride of life that isn't like the typical arrogant, boastful person that doesn't listen to others. It's also just when we rely on ourselves. You know, when we fall into self-reliance, I think that was if you think about it, going all the way back to Satan in his fall, the fallen angels, Lucifer was the brightest, the, the most gifted of all the angels. But he, he thought that that giftedness was from him. And he didn't want to have to depend on God and use his life to serve God. So he declares his independence from his creator, which is the most foolish thing we can ever do. And yet he fell for that. He persuaded thousands of other angels the fallen angels now, to follow him. And he persuaded Adam and Eve in this way. Oh, you'll be like God. Oh, you know, God's trying to keep you from, from this tree. Yeah, you'll be like him. You should just go for it. <laughs> and he convinced Adam and Eve to declare their independence from God. I think this is the great challenge for all of us. We can fall into self-reliance. We could be the most devout Catholic and say our prayers and go to daily mass and listen to Catholic podcasts and do all these great things. But yet, do we really deeply rely on God? Or do we tend to rely on ourselves? I want to fix my problems. I'm going to come up with these three ways to grow in these three virtues in the next three weeks. And yes, I'll say a few prayers and ask Jesus to help me. You know, God wants us to give our best, of course, in our growth and virtue and imitating him. But do we really meet Jesus in our weakness, in our poverty, and turn to him? You know, this is one of the things that saddens Jesus is when we don't trust him, when we, we just try to go do it all by ourselves. <laughs> I think about one of my children, when they want to just try to do things on their own, you know, they'll say, I want to do it, I do it. And I just know it's going to take longer. <laughs> and I can't really help them and they're kids, so it's not a sin. But I use that as an analogy because we could be like that too. We could not really depend on God. We could focus on, this is my plan for my spiritual life. This is what I want to get done this Lent instead of learning to really rely on him. And so the pride of life, let's do two things here to not add to Jesus's burden in this first fall of Jesus in the third station of the cross. Let's listen to others Learn to really depend on the people God has placed in our lives, our spouse, our children, our friends, our roommate, our colleagues in the office, that God really does speak through them. So let's listen to God through them. And let's also learn to depend on God more and not ourselves 
I was just reading something recently from Father Jacques Philippe, who writes about how sometimes in our spiritual life, we're so focused on, I wish I didn't need God's mercy. I wish I just could just be better right now. And I'm frustrated I have to bring this into confession again. <laughs> and Father Jacques Philippe says, you know what? That's usually a sign of pride. It's usually a sign, I don't want to have to depend on God. I'm frustrated that I need him so much. I think that's what breaks the Father's heart, is that we don't recognize how much we need him, and we want to just do it ourselves. <laughs> and we get frustrated with ourselves instead of throwing ourselves into his hands. So whatever weakness you have right now, whatever is sin you're struggling with, yes, try to be better, but first, just pause. And you think of Jesus who just fell. Go on your knees and meet Jesus on the ground right now. He's stooped down to your sin, to your weakness. He wants to meet you there. He doesn't want to meet you standing up tall, prideful, like you got it all together and you're walking down the streets of Jerusalem very confidently. No, he just fell. Jesus just fell to the ground. You picture his face on that ground, hitting some gravel on the street maybe. You know, that would have hurt. That's how much he loves you. He wants to meet you in your weakness. Don't say, oh, I don't need you, Jesus. I wish I didn't need you. I wish I just could just be perfect all on my own. I, I wish I could be a better mom, a better dad, just all by myself. No, he fell to the ground to meet you down low. Be willing to meet him in your weakness, in your poverty, in whatever area of sin and struggle that you have. He wants to meet you there and, and, and just picture him looking in your eyes and telling you, I love you. I love you even though you fall, even though you struggle here. Depend on me. I'll help you. I will help you carry this cross. So these are just a couple of things I think we could think about. Stations is so beautiful. I hope you're getting an insight here into just the ways we can incorporate the story of Jesus's passion into our own daily lives so we can meet Jesus in the crosses that come up in our daily lives and put our daily life into the encounter of Jesus in the rhythm of Stations of the Cross. So again, if you'd like to learn more about Stations, you can check out my book called Pocket Guide to Stations of the Cross. You can also go to my website, edwards3.com. I have some free articles about the stations there right on my homepage. Again, that's edwards3.com. That's edwardsri.com. You can always find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. God bless.